and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I was recently re-watching, actually, some extracts from a 1970s documentary on the British photographer Raymond Moore. If you're not aware of his work, as always, check him out. There's three little extracts from the documentary, which is wonderfully stuck in time. It's an absolute time capsule, not only of where photography was, but also how arts documentaries used to be made um, in Britain with an incredibly slow and considered um, pace, which I really enjoy. But anyway, one of the things whilst I was watching it, which came to my attention, um, which struck me was the attention to detail uh, when looking at prints. Uh, more, and I think it's his, his partner, uh, are looking at work on the wall and they're, they're dissecting, they're interrogating a particular image as to whether it works, how it works and so forth, and also how it would be printed. Now, I suppose in a way what we're talking about there is pure photography, purest photography in its purest sense. And over the last couple of weeks, as you know, as regular listeners, AI has been rearing its head again and again. Uh, Bill Shapiro and I spoke about it a few episodes back, and I've been picking up on some themes. Now, the whole key, really, to this podcast is it's a photographic life. It's a reflection of things that I see and that affect photographers on an everyday basis. And whether you like it or not, AI seems to be the dominant conversation at the moment. Now, why am I focusing on it in that way? Well, because I think it's important sometimes to look at the detail. I saw recently in the art newspaper, I think it was, uh, an interview with Cindy Sherman, the New York-based art photographer, which I'm sure many of you will know all about. Well, there was a question that was posed to Sherman in the interview, and it was this. You're active on Instagram and have been posting AI-generated images based on your own work. Uh, what are your thoughts on AI? Will you use it as a tool for your work? And Sherman responded in this way. I don't know that I'd use it as a tool, but I'm getting ideas from it. I'm using Lenser, which is where you choose a group of images, typically selfies, and you feed them into this program and they make avatars out of the selfies. Generally, I think they're trying to make really attractive avatars of your face. But because the images that I've given them are these altered images, the results are just so much more surprising. Some of the characters seem to have two hands growing out of one arm, while the face seems kind of chopped up. That partially inspired me for this new body of work. People were responding to my Instagram post saying, your other work was much better. Excuse me, but I don't consider Instagram posts to be artworks. It's just fun. I'm playing around. Now, following on from what Sherman had to say, I saw a um, another article, actually, and this has been sent to me by a few listeners uh, following on from previous conversations. People seem to be 
keeping me informed, which is fantastic. And thank you very much. I certainly don't have enough time to keep an eye on everything. But anyway, it said this. It was uh, an article about an artificial intelligence AI photo company that promises to cut out the need for expensive photographers. Aye, aye, well, there's a concern. But anyway, by providing a cost-effective way to generate all manner of images for the user. Photo AI is dubbing itself the world's first AI photographer allowing users to upload 30 or more photos of themselves, tying in there with what Sherman was talking about, or someone else to train the program. Once that is completed, users can type in a text prompt that will generate any type of image they want to see of the model. Photo AI says its synthetic photo studio tool can be used to create hundreds of images from the comfort of the user's home. Photo AI is the first AI photographer and synthetic photo studio in the world, says uh, their guy who's organised all of this, Pieter Levels. Um, that's his name, by the way, not a form of AI. Difficult to, to tell, actually, in that one. But anyway, the idea is that it costs less money and time to do photo shoots virtually than it does in real life. You, have, you save money in hiring and travelling with the model, equipment and photo shoot team to the shoot location. Now, I think what's interesting about this is uh, they go on to say, uh, Mr. Levels, if you do pay for a photographer yourself, it could cost you two hundred and fifty to a thousand and thousand five hundred dollars per shoot, which gives you seventy-five to a hundred photos. He explains it's rather a strange understanding or lack of understanding there of photography. But anyway, uh, with the pro plan, you get one thousand photos per month, so about ten regular photo shoots, which means. $2,500 to $15,000 if it was a real photo shoot. Well, his maths make absolutely no sense whatsoever, but I'm going to come on to that in a minute. So he says um, about 100 times to 500 times cheaper than a booking a real photographer. Um, the company says it can be used for passport-style photos, headshots, and even to create maternity images. A bit concerning there. Uh, what about trying on clothes, they say? You're not sure will suit you without having to visit 100 clothing stores. Now, anybody who buys glasses will know that that is not a great way of buying glasses. I know I've tried it. It's a disaster. It also might be useful if you just want to generate nice photos of yourself for your social media. If you're an influencer, good God, help us all. Or if you want to spice up your Tinder profile. More. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there on that. So the pro plan costs $29 per month, allowing users to generate 1,000 AI photos. Premium plan is $99. And finally, the business plan is $299. Now, why, where does this all connect with Raymond Moore's attention to detail? Well, for me, it's really very clear. We are going to be hit now with a tsunami of people with the latest great idea to create photographs and get you onto a subscription plan. Because if you haven't already noticed, uh, through TV, broadcast, newspapers, paywalls, magazines, subscription plans are the financial future for all of this. It's where everyone is looking to, to try and build these subscription lists. It's why data and uh, lists are so important now, not to give away your data. But anyway, that's slightly different. Moore is talking about the detail in the photograph. These people are talking about how many can you get, 
And how cheap can you get it? Now, you might argue with me, and I know many of you will, that that's the basis of work going forward. I heard exactly the same thing with stock. And people were right when it came to stock, because at the end of the day, stock photography is performing a specific function, quite often for people who don't put a lot of store or weight in the quality of how they're represented photographically. However, There will always remain clients, and I stick true to this until I am proven completely wrong, that certain clients will still require certain photography. They will want that attention to detail, and that's what's really important. I think we're going to get hit with a lot more of these snake oil salesmen trying to turn photography into an AI delivery function. Now, I might be completely wrong and I'm happy to put my hand up. But at the moment, what I would say is don't get dragged into this idea that photography is dead because the snake oil salesmen are speaking loudly. Let's question what they do. Let's read beneath, I should say, the headline and let's keep ourselves informed. This week's living, breathing, real photographer joining us to explain what photography means to him is Edward Thompson, a British documentary photographer whose photographic work focuses on various subjects over the years, colouring environmental issues, socio-political movements, subcultures, everyday life and the consequences of war. Thompson had a life-changing experience with an early apprenticeship with the Russian photographer Sergei Chilikov, whom he met at the Isle Photography Festival in 2001. That summer, Ed stayed with Sergei in Paris and learned the value of shooting everyday life, eating fried fat and drinking red wine. I like the sound of that, I have to be honest. Anyway, since then, his documentary photo essays have been published in international magazines, including the National Geographic, Newsweek, Greenpeace, The Guardian, BBC, CNN and The Sunday Times magazine. Thompson's work has been exhibited at Christie's, Somerset House, Four Corners Gallery, and shown as part of photography festivals in Arles, in France, of course, uh, Tampere in Finland, Zingst in Germany, and in the UK. Thompson has lectured on photography and spoken regularly about photography, <laughs> that thing again, on television, radio, and online, including on Al Jazeera and the BBC World Service. In 2012, he self-published a book of his work titled Occupy London. In 2016, he published The Unseen, an atlas of infrared plates. And in 2022, he self-published his book In Agada Da England. He also makes a very good YouTube uh, TV channel video thing. So check him out there as well. Photography for me is life. How could it not be? It's been my life for so long. And when I say photography, I mean being a photographer, making photographs, experiencing life and adventures with a camera in hand. There's a whole swathe of people for whom photography is photoland. It's the photo festival circuit, it's private views, it's academia, it's photo awards, it's 30 under 30 lists, and it's paid portfolio reviews. Thankfully, somehow, I've managed to stay under the radar all this time. Not for want of trying, but I've learned to get my ego validated in other ways. Photography has given me precious gifts that have changed the very nature of my perception and in turn, my reality. Photography is a drug. It alters you. 
There's a joke in my industry that there are no far-right photojournalists, and how could there be? When you spend your time experiencing other people's lives for a living, it broadens your horizons. I know I'm Ed, but I felt like I've been many people. We all have. Photography is time travel. It's the ability to look at a photograph of my family and remember things. Not just happy memories, but what my late father really looked like. As time passes, you start to forget. And then in one glance at an old warm print in a photo album, to remember again. And one day I will be dead. And a photograph will bring me back to someone I love too. And on and on forever, reminded of love. Photography is luck. It's wandering around with a camera and looking for things. Not constructing a moment. Not creating clever illustrations to represent a clever concept. It's photography's most innate ability manifest. The ability to freeze a moment of time and space forever. A caught moment. A real person in their everyday. Not someone who'd been briefed that morning about a photo shoot, but to photograph someone in the midst of their life who had no idea some guy was going to walk up to them, chat with them, and ask to take their portrait by the side of the road while they walk back from the garden centre. Photography is belief. It's looking at some newly developed negatives and having faith that you got the photographs you thought you had, even when that means flying halfway around the world with only six rolls of dead stock colour in thread film. Photography is a struggle. It's thousands of unanswered emails. It's relationships destroyed by financial pressures. It's desperation. It's the point of no return. It's realizing even if you don't want it anymore, it's who you are. And photography showed me who I am. Photography is evidence. It proves something happened, something others may deny. It's evidence that I see the world a little differently. And maybe somewhere, someone is freaking out and feeling like they are losing their mind. And then they see how I see and feel a little bit better about it. Well, there you go, Grant. Um, that was three minutes. I read it as slowly as I could. I hope that works for you. Cheers. It certainly did, Ed. And I was a little bit naughty there in keeping that little note he left at the end. But I rather enjoyed it. And uh, and that's kind of, I suppose, what this podcast is about, really. Keeping it as real as possible. And uh, perhaps bringing a little light to the darkened areas. And I think that's certainly the something that Ed did there in that contribution. So thank you very much. I really enjoyed the structure he brought to it as well. That was great. Now... Also, one of the things it um, reminded me of, again, whilst I was listening to it, and if you don't know, that was the first time I heard it. These are my reactions to it directly. I never listened to any of the contributions or edit them at all. Uh, they just come live. I drop them in. Then I talk about them now. So if, if my thought process is a little garbled, perhaps that's why. But anyway, what it really reminded me of there was the Raymond Moore film that I was talking about at the beginning, um, a cyclical nature to this week's episode. And the idea of uh, concepts being more important than the photograph, which of course they are not. That attention to detail that Moore was showing that I was talking about in the work was looking for narrative in the image through that detail, looking about seeing it wasn't sort of saying, well, yeah, you know, that photograph fulfills that requirement or that photograph fulfills that requirement because I wrote about that requirement. 
before I'd ever picked up the camera. Sorry, I hit the desk there. Now, I mean, in my excitement, I'm quite excited this week. You may have noticed, primarily, I think, because I've handed in the final draft of my next book. That's always a good feeling. But anyway, so back to Ed, back to, to uh, more there. So that idea of attention to detail in the image, composition, light, form, structure. The concept and the storytelling are obviously really important. However, they are not more important than the photograph itself. And perhaps this is also a tie-in as to where we are with AI photography at the moment as well. That idea of being able to create something, great. But why? Why? What is, what's the purpose of this photograph? Is it purely to fill a box on an uh, InDesign uh, layout or to just keep somebody happy because they got something cheap and it does the job okay? Or is photography something different from that? Is for photographic creation a separate thought process. And I think it is. And as I say, don't expect me to constantly stick to one understanding of where AI is. This is a fluid moment and my thought processes are fluid and they may be contradictory. And you're perfectly welcome to pick me up on that, as a lot of people do. But intrinsically, if we take away the photographer from the photograph, really, what does that leave us with? A little bit of admin at the end of this particular episode. Coming up over the coming months, going to be a few changes to the podcast because we've got some specials. Over the summer, there's going to be a three-part, um, I suppose in a way, mini-series where I'm going to be looking at the state of photography. Where are we with photography now and i hope you'll enjoy that obviously they're going to set they're going to work as kind of separate little elements but they're also going to join together in addition to that i've got a fantastic um conversation around the photo book with two american leaders in the field uh darius himes and uh, mary swanson mary virginia swanson and so that's a really interesting conversation coming up i'm also going to be playing with the format a little bit so we're going to be in introducing some new elements just to keep things fresh and hopefully to ensure that you continue to enjoy the uh, podcast and that it doesn't get too stale for me or for you. So look out for those. We will be continuing with the what does photography uh, mean to you thread. There just won't be necessarily one every week, might be one or two a month or something like that. So that's what's going to be coming up over the coming months. Um, as always, get in touch. Let me know what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. And of course, whatever you do, especially as once again this week, it's like a sauna in the shed and the builders are outside and it sounds as if a pigeon has just landed on the roof. <laughs> Things are, are kicking off here in the shed, but uh, I'm going to take care and uh, I hope you do too. Mm -hmm.